I can always find great content from Jesus Smart. Uh, you have that just special gift, man, of bringing a perspective that is challenging to believers and challenging to non-believers. Let me tell you what my experience has been when I'm in a heightened internal state. I sense renewed hope. There is fresh energy which seems to ignite. At times, my body can be energized. New ideas start showing up. I start imagining potentials both near and far. My faith is strengthened. I feel more authoritative like anything can happen. If we're smart, we'll live above the line. We will awaken to it. We will stay there and we will execute in life and work from that positioning. This is Brian Del Trico. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for connecting with me today on Jesus Smart, the podcast. This is episode 148. The single best way to win, stay above the line. Jesus is a winner. He always leads us in his triumph in Christ Jesus. One of the Old Testament names for God is El Gibor, God the champion. The single best way to win is to stay above the the line. I'll explain what that means. First, a very special announcement. Manifold Ministries, founded by Stephen Lauterbach, is a guild of content creators who are aiming to provide quality, edifying media through a biblical lens, a Christian worldview, and the mission is to bring glory to the Creator. What I love about this emerging platform is that it's about kingdom, it's about kingdom worldview, and it's about the Creator's design. And so manifoldministries.com. Can I encourage you to go there? Manifoldministries.com. You'll see Jesus Smart the Podcast there, and you will see other podcasts and blogging, other content creators on this platform. I'm kind of excited about this. And the podcast is also on Apple, Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcast, Overcast, and all the usual suspects. Would you do me a favor and go to podchaser.com, search Jesus Smart, and would you leave a review and a rating there? Podchaser.com. A lot of people go there and it's just another way to get the podcast out before more people and create findability. Okay, are you ready for this? I think I am. The single best way to win, stay above the line. And you can see the show notes page for this episode at jesussmart.com slash above the line. Christ did not die merely for you to save you. This may sound radical. He died as you. Let me explain what I mean. In the New Testament, the phrase, the prepositional phrase, in Christ, is a recurring phrase, a recurring theme throughout the New Testament in Paul's writings. We have been placed in Christ, and so Christ's experience has become our experience. For example, when he died, we died. But it's more than that. Let me explain. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 29 to 30, Paul writes that no one may boast before God, but by his doing, that is by the Father's doing, you are in Christ Jesus. There it is. He has placed us in Christ Jesus. And it goes on to say that Christ has become to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So 
because we are in Christ, the Father has placed us there. When Christ died, your old nature died with him. And this is good liberating news. When Christ rose again from the dead, your new nature rose with him. You can read all about this in Romans chapter 6 and other passages as well. It goes further. When Christ ascended, you ascended with him. Paul writes in Ephesians 2 that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. You're not just dead in Christ, your old nature, and risen in Christ, your new nature, and ascended with Christ above all things. You are seated with him in what could be called theologically the word session, S-E-S-S-I-O-N. It means a coronation or the seating of a king or queen. We are seated with Christ in authority over all things. Our experience, you see, is wrapped up in the experience of Jesus Christ. Let me try to illustrate it with a simple illustration. If I have a box, let's say the box is, uh, I don't know, 12 inches by 12 inches by 12 inches, okay? A box with a lid. And I put a ball in the box. Let's say I put a baseball or a softball in the box. Put the lid back on. And assuming that the lid will not come off for the sake of the illustration, whatever I do to that box, I do to the ball, right? Isn't this complex? Because the ball is in the box. If I take the box and throw it into the ocean or into a lake, what happens to the ball? It goes into the ocean or into the lake by virtue of it being in the box. If I take that box and set it high up on a shelf in some warehouse somewhere, where's the ball? I can't find the ball. Well, the ball's in the box. It's up on that high shelf as well because it's in the box. We are in Christ. The Father has placed us in Christ. And again, that prepositional phrase, it's a deep theological truth, really, in the New Testament, recurs again and again and again in Paul's writings. So when Christ died, our old nature died with him, which is freedom, my friend. It's liberating. Read about it in Romans 6. When he raised again from the dead, our new nature rose again with Christ into newness of life, something above the natural biological life that we started with. That's what it means to be born again. When he ascended, we ascended with him, Ephesians 2, 6, and we are seated there with Christ in heavenly places, the session of Christ. Now, hang with me. It's going to get practical. First, we talk a little bit of theology and doctrine, and then we see the outworking of it practically in our world, in your life, in your sphere of influence, okay? Now, let's read some verses in Ephesians chapter 1. Christ has ascended. He's been seated at the right hand of the Father, far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, and above every name that is named on the earth, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And I find it fascinating just there that it doesn't say not only in the age to come, but also in this age. It actually puts the priority and the emphasis seemingly on not only in this age, but in the one to come. That means that this dynamic is meant to start now. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave Christ as head over all things to you, to me, to the church. 
which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. We understand that Christ, the Father, has exalted him above all rule, all authority, all power and dominion, every name that can be named. And because you and I are in Christ, our positioning is the same. We are seated with Christ above all rule, above all authority and power and dominion and every name that can be named. Didn't Jesus say that? All authority has been given to me and I give my authority to you. Did not Jesus say that I give you my name, power of attorney? You can come before the Father just as I come before the Father. It's just the same. You can do business with the Father just as I do business with the Father because I give you my standing, my name, all authority has been given to me and I give it to you. Now, in Ephesians chapter 2, the very next chapter, verse 4, God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, he made us alive together with Christ. There it is. We are in Christ. We are with Christ. He made us alive together with Christ. By grace, we have been saved. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. My friend, we have to believe that we are in Christ. At some point, you are going to have to believe in your own conversion and in your own placement in Christ, that his experience is now your experience. It's my experience. We could say it this way, at some point, and let's, and let's get there soon, and I realize it can be a continuum of understanding and revelation and, and practical outworking of this in our lives. But we have to believe in our own positioning. Your positioning is not a church pew. Your positioning is not to simply attend church and wait to go to heaven. Your positioning is that you are seated with Christ in the heavenly places right now. And the sooner you get an understanding and revelation of that, and how to apply that in life and in your work and in your sphere of influence and in the things you're concerned about, that sphere that you're wired to impact, the better. And what this affects is a number of beautiful things. It affects our belief set point. When we start to understand this, our belief set points get adjusted up, dramatically up. It affects what we pray for and how we pray. This, this awareness of our positioning affects our decision-making. Think about it. You are going to make better decisions, quality decisions, when you understand your positioning. It affects my kingdom career, your kingdom career. We normally think of career as some type of a profession or some type of a lifetime work, and it is that, but we also have a kingdom career. We are to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things are added to us. Sometimes it's said that that thing that we normally think of as our career is actually something to support our real gig, our kingdom career. I like that and I think that fits in perfectly with the teachings of Jesus. 
you think about living above the line like in this uh, intense political season? This is what, September of 2020? Political seasons come, political seasons go, thank God, and then they come around again, all right? This living above the line applies to every dimension of life, but if you just apply it to the political season, staying above the line, you know, staying above the news, staying above lies that are going on, staying above the social media fray, staying above political combat, you know, the blood sport that it is, staying above the rioting. Staying above it and allowing your point of view to come from a higher place and praying from that place, decreeing from that place in faith, and then entering into, as the Holy Spirit would lead you, prayer-born activity, but it's sourced above the line. Staying above the line just in life in general. Do you realize there, there is drama out there, okay? We live in a broken world. There is drama out there. There are distractions. There are always things to try to break our stride, to break our cadence in life from the things that really matter, from the high level things that we're pursuing. You know, there's temptation. There are attacks, things going on, but staying above the line with an awareness, a consciousness, a consistent consciousness of our positioning a gratitude for it, and then being coached up in it by Jesus. Hey, we're sitting there right there with them. It's really analogous to walking with Jesus in the cool of the day in the garden, the coaching, the conversation, the mentoring, the impartation, so that we can live down into these earthborn scenarios. Can I give you just three core takeaways from this consciousness of living above the line? Number one, POV, point of view. Look at earthborn scenarios with the king's POV. View and process earthborn scenarios with a higher POV, the king's POV. Yes, we live in a broken world, okay? Things are problematic. What an understatement, right? In a real sense, my friend, listen, we are living in what may be called a parenthetical period of time. We are in between Eden and and the new heavens and new earth. We're now born again in Christ. Our positioning changes, and we can now begin to live in light of the new heavens and the new earth and the restoration of all things. So allow the king's POV to eclipse small-mindedness, small things, drama, distractions, all of it. The king's POV, if it were to eclipse, imagine how liberating this is, how freeing. Let others live on the small plane. You're on the higher plane. There are ways that we can facilitate this, cultivating worship personally throughout the week, cultivating a vibrant vitality in our word life, building um, conversation with others, talking with others that are on these same frequencies, not a churchianity, not a religiosity, not a legalism, or many of the frequencies that we find sometimes in, quote, Christianity. Prayer. See your prayer life as not duty, as not legalism, but as courtly discussion. You're in the court of the king. Think of it as God tell, as strategy. Jesus talked about our I singular in the Sermon on the Mount. He said that if our eye is clear and healthy, 
our whole body, our whole life, if you will, will be full of light. But if it's unhealthy, if it's unclear, our whole body will be full of darkness. Why did he, what was he talking about? The eye, singular. It's how we see. It's, it's that inside out perspective. It's our worldview, frankly. But Jesus talked about this. And if our point of view is one that's above the line, think how clear and healthy and potential filled things are going to be. The King's POV is a kingdom worldview. So that's the first big takeaway I'd like to leave with you. POV, look at earthborn scenarios with the King's POV. And now number two, I want to encourage you to pray and decree down into earthborn scenarios, into different settings and developments of events and different narratives that are unfolding in this broken world. Instead of seeing yourself in some pit or some rut on the earth, casting up prayers, hoping they somehow make it to God, not even knowing if you're praying accurately, perhaps, pray and decree from a place of accuracy above the line down into earthborn scenarios. Now, here's what the enemy says. Get real. This is reality. Here's what the king says. That's cute. That is cute. He has a higher reality. You see, there's, quote, reality, and then there's higher true reality, right? And I want to get really real. There's real, quote, but there's really real. I understand we're living in this parenthetical period. We're living in this broken period in which we've been born again and regenerated and our minds are now being renewed and we're anticipating the new heavens and a new earth to come. But as I do that, we become really real. Our minds are renewed. The spirit of our mind is renewed, Ephesians 4 says. Romans 2 says that we are no longer conformed to this cosmos or to this age rather in the Greek, to this to this time period and everything that's all of this brokenness and all of the false belief and false narratives in this age. We're no longer conformed to this age, but we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. In Zechariah chapter 3 in the Old Testament, it's one of the last books of the Old Testament. This is a book that was written to the um, exiles who had returned from Babylonian captivity and were rebuilding the temple, rebuilding Jerusalem. And the whole, um, the whole system was being rebuilt. God's whole understanding of the temple and, and uh, the priesthood and all of it was being rebuilt. In Zechariah chapter 3, verse 1, Zechariah says, Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. Indeed, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now, see yourself in Joshua here because this is where this is going. This is a template for the New Testament royal priesthood. Verse 3, Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and standing before the angel. And he, the Lord, spoke and said to those who were standing before him, saying, Remove the filthy garments from him. See, he's being cleansed and restored. And he said to him, See, I have taken away your iniquity from you and will clothe you with festal robes. Then I said... I think this was Zechariah talking now. Notice the partnership and the interplay that's going on here. Let them put a clean turban on his head, on Joshua's head. So they put a clean turban on his head. 
which would speak of the cleansing of the mind and the renewing of the mind, and clothed him with garments, the righteousness of Christ, while the angel of the Lord was standing by. Now it's not done yet. Listen, the angel of the Lord admonished Joshua, thus says the Lord of hosts, if you will walk in my ways, and if you will perform my service, then you will also govern my house and also, catch this, have charge of my courts, and I will grant you, catch this, free access among these who are standing here. The offer on the table is that now that Joshua the high priest is restored, if he will walk in the ways of the Lord and perform the service of the Lord, he would have charge of the courts of the Lord and would be granted free access into the courts of the Lord with those who were standing there. Now, I would like to suggest that the unfinished business of the Protestant Reformation is a highly functional royal priesthood influencing all things. We've gotten, we've, we got the doctrine right. We've intellectually assented to the doctrinal truth of the priesthood of all believers, but I don't know and this is not just me saying this, of course, that we have actually in mass as the church understood how to become a highly functional royal priesthood instead of just believing it and saying it as a doctrinal truth. And this is the offer, I think, this is a precedent in Zechariah 3. It's a pattern. We come to Christ, we are cleansed, our minds are renewed, and the offer on the table is that I want to give you access to these courts See, that's living above the line, living above the line in the courts of the Lord, where the intelligence of God, the God tell, the counsel of the Lord is being dispensed. And then we can pray down into things beneath the line, and we can engage prayer-born activity beneath the line from the place of the courts of the Lord. We can pray and decree now with God tell, with revelation, with dominion. And notice that Satan, of course, is there. He's always about, isn't he? He's there to accuse and resist this process. And my question to you would be, why? Why is he resisting it? I would like to put forth the notion that Satan understands more about this than today's casual Western church. He understands that if he cannot stop somehow this process of the restoration of God's people, the potential that they can have access to the courts of the Lord and live above the line, that he is in trouble. He's going to have his lunch handed to him. Martin Luther King has that famous quote, let us realize that the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. And of course, he's perfectly right. That arc of the moral universe, I would like to say that it's the grand King Jesus narrative that is bending toward the restoration of all things. And we are in the mix we taste now the powers of the age to come. Hebrews 6.5 says that we taste of that heavenly gift now. We've been made partakers of the Holy Spirit now. We taste the good word of God now. And we taste the powers of the age which is to come now. But we're going to have to live above the line. The Lord has made provision for it. He's restoring it. Will we harmonize with that restoration? And so POV, point of view, number two, praying and decreeing down into earthborn scenarios from that place, the courts of the Lord. And number three, prayer-born activity. I would add prayer and decree-born activity. 
because many times the missing link in the release of our faith is the prayer-born decree. Jesus talked much about this, speaking to the mountain, Mark 11, the teaching on the Roman centurion, Matthew 8, said, I've not found such great faith. What did he understand? Powerful commanded decree that's flowing from it from an alignment of authority. You see, it's been said that prayer is the work. There is no work without prayer for God. Prayer is the work. The rest is simply the natural then, supernatural, outworking of the primary work that's in the courts of the Lord. Getting the intel, getting the counsel of the Lord, praying and decreeing down into earthborn scenario. So really, in a real sense, we work from the basis of what's above the line. Don't try to do things beneath the line without consulting your positioning or the counsel above the line. The psalm that comes to mind for that is Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. We need the initiative of our Father. Jesus said, I don't do anything on my own initiative, but only what I hear from the Father. He also said, I don't say anything on my own initiative but only what I hear from the Father. Okay, so something blows up. You step on some landmine in this broken world, right? Some big wave of drama rushes over your horizon and faces you down. Okay, what are we going to do? Immediately react without any, any consult above the line? Or should we, boy, do I need a mirror as I'm saying this, but should we pause, take some time, kind of center down, and depending on the issue, perhaps take as much time as we need, but ensure that we are coming, that we are responding proactively in a kingdom way. We work and live from the basis of what's above the line. We'll live accurately. We'll be able to accelerate. We will be in better alignment. Consider what Jesus said in John chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. See, what we need more than anything is that wind that is sourced above the line to come down and to fill our sails like full gale in the energy from above, in direction from above. We need both the word and the wind. We need the living voice of the Lord coming to us through the inscripturated word from from above the line, and we need the wind of the Holy Spirit coming from above the line, filling our sails and moving us across the waters of this earth with God's speed. So let's drop our landing gear and bring this down onto the uh, tarmac with, by saying that the kingdom ambassador's advantage is available to you. This living above the line is a kingdom ambassador's advantage. We have access to the Holy Spirit, the one who was intimately involved in the creation of all things, an infinite search engine, infinite energy infinite intelligence, mind-boggling intelligence that we can't even understand. We have access to the person and to the ministry of the Holy Spirit to us. 
He's been given to us as a parakletos, one who has come alongside of us to help us. And we're not going to access that. By the way, the Holy Trinity is not the Father, Son, and Holy Bible. The Holy Trinity is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit inspired the Bible, and he illuminates the Bible to us. But the Holy Spirit is transcendent to the Bible. We also have access to the throne of all. We have free access to come before the throne of grace in the standing of God's unique Son, Jesus Christ. We have access to the courts that Zechariah 3 talks about. I will give you access to those who stand here, God says, and to receive God tell. We have access to all authority. I understand why this is hard to believe. All authority has been given to Jesus, and then he turns right to us and says, in me, all authority is given to you. And I also understand why the adversary will resist this so much in your life. If he has to give up the ground of you having enough insight to be born again, he will fight you tooth and nail to give up any further ground where you have revelation and understanding that you are seated with Christ, that you can live above the line, that you can live in the power of, of, of the Holy Spirit. You have access to the body of Christ. The body of Christ is like acres upon acres upon acres of diamonds. I know it's not perfect. I know the body of Christ will offend you sometimes, and you will offend the body of Christ. But it still remains that it is Christ's body, and that his inheritance is in the body, and that his spiritual gifts operate in the body of Christ. Just take the gold and leave the dross, right? Someday it'll, it'll all be perfect in the new heavens and new earth. But right now, we just have this privilege of accessing what is available to us in the body of Christ. Yeah, and, and we do need to, to really pray and really, really desire and, and, and play our part and that the body of Christ would game up, would mature and come into its calling. But we have access to these spiritual gifts like a hyper-augmented reality, words of wisdom that are from above you. Words of knowledge, infinite knowledge, parts of it that can come to you through a word of knowledge, on and on. You know, the working of miracles. This is like above normal things that happen in this world, and even in the church world most of the time, the affecting of miracles. All of these things and more are spiritual gifts, a hyper-augmented reality. Okay, JesusSmart.com slash above the line is the show notes page for this episode. We can live above the line, point of view, pray above the line, pray down into earthborn scenarios, exert our influence, do what we do from a place that's above the line, even as we're doing it in the earth. We can really access this kingdom ambassador's advantage. This will take time. Our minds will have to be continuously renewed and rescripted to these truths. We're going to have to ask the Holy Spirit. When you read these verses and when you every time you open the book, ask the Lord for a 100-fold return on the sowing of the word of the kingdom in your life. 100-fold return. I think that's 10,000% if I'm not mistaken. But ask him 30, 60, 100-fold is what Jesus taught about the sowing of the word of the kingdom. Go for the highest level. Ask him for a 100-fold return. Ask him every day. I was 
praying this morning in my own devotional life. I was praying and I was asking the Lord out of Psalm 16. Is it or no, it's first chapter 19. I think the last verse in chapter 19. Lord, let the words of my mouth and let the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, my rock and my redeemer. That is the language of sacrifice there in the Hebrew. You're asking the Lord, Lord, let my speech, the words of my mouth, and my internal state, the meditation of my heart, let it be acceptable as a sacrifice before you. Put your fire on it. Put your fire on my meditation, my thought life. Put your presence on my words, you see. That's part of living above the line, I believe. Well, jesusmart.com slash above the line is a show notes page. A few notes there, some links probably some other resources you could link to which would correlate with this topic today. Would you share this with one or two of your friends? This is the best way to share something like a podcast episode is to share it personally. Hey, I'm wondering about this, what he said. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Or if you think it's good. Hey, I, you know, I I like these truths from the word. See what you think. I'd like to share this with you. Or if you think it's just a bunch of heresy, <laughs> just share it with them and say, hey, I think this is heresy. <laughs> would you just, you know, comment back to me what you think about this? And maybe we could, you know, like in the olden days, they would, whatever, throw rotten vegetables at um, at heretics or something, put them in the stocks and throw them, you know, maybe, I don't know. I don't want to invite digital rotten vegetables my way, but, you know, it's best to just share it. Share it with one or two of your friends, okay? Again, I'm excited to be part of this emerging platform, Manifold Ministries, with Stephen Lauterbach, this guild of of kingdom content creators. Check it out at manifoldministries.com, and I think you're going to just see this platform grow and go. And of course, the podcast is also available on all the usual suspects. To learn more about the podcast, go to jesussmart.com. Hey, we believe that Jesus is brilliant, and we think that when we walk with him, we're going to catch some of his brilliance in a unique way. It's going to come through a unique in a unique way to each person and through them. And then when we talk to each other, when we come together in companies of believers and in churches, the brilliance is going to shine even more, right? He knows how this life works best. The future is his, and we are living now, requesting to live now in the light of that future. Okay, more good stuff to come. We'll talk soon.